Welcome to Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's Word. Please join us now as we hear a message from Pastor Toledo. Okay, so now we're into week five of the Be Like Jesus series. And as a reminder, we've been talking from Matthew chapter 5, this first section of the first sermon that Jesus preached has been called the Beatitudes. These are kingdom attitudes. These are attitudes that help us to live and act like Jesus. But in addition to that, when you really drill down on the word happy, when you really drill down on the word blessed, which are interchangeable, this series and these, um, these truths that Jesus is giving to us, they are meant not just for our spiritual well-being, but our mental and emotional well-being. And so I've said this a lot. This is a mental health series. And today's message, I would say, is one of the high points of mental health. Today's message is, I think, out of all of them, one of the greatest ways to live a life that is really um, happy. And I'm talking about happy in the emotional sense. We know it's biblical, but, but there's, a, there's a happiness, there's a joy, there's a state of peace and clarity and lightness. Like when you get a sabbatical, you know what I'm saying? And uh, there's, a, there's just a happiness that God wants for our lives. God wants you and I to be happy in a very dark and dismal world. In a city that's marked by confusion and hardship and angst, God still wants us to be happy and blessed. And let me just put it this way. I would characterize today's message as the do yourself a favor attitude. So if you want to do yourself a favor, to say to yourself, self, take this in. Because if you take this in, you will do yourself a great favor. Now what I want to do is, is read this passage. It's, I'm going to read it in two verses. And then I want to tell you up front, I have a big explanation about Um, today's topic and then after the big explanation I'm going to make two quick kind of uh, application points but but the meat of this is in the overall explanation so Matthew chapter 5 says happy oh how happy this is remember this is how we meant it oh how happy are those who are merciful to others God will be merciful to them. In the NIV, it says, blessed, same word, favored, fortunate, are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. When Jesus said this, this was kind of shocking to the people of that time. Because in that time, the the world was ruled by the Roman Empire. And even though they were in Israel and Jerusalem, the Roman Empire was in charge of everything. And the Romans historically did not admire mercy. 
Mercy was considered foolish. Mercy was called a disease of the soul, something to be ashamed of, the opposite of success. People were treated as objects in the Roman world, and people in power were treated as gods, and the thought of being merciful was equivalent to being foolish. Now, whether you recognize it or not, if you just watch the news, if you looked at the headlines, if you looked at the spirit and the heart behind the bulk of what is, is stated in our culture, it is very much like the Roman world. It's adversarial, it's angry, it's the opposite of merciful. And so we're living in a city, whether you realize it or not, this is so important because all day you're taking in messages that are the opposite of mercy. If you're not careful, you will be colored by the world. How many know we're supposed to come with the colors of Christ and color the world and the world is not supposed to color us? Somebody say amen. But you have to be very sensitive and very, you have to be very, very kind of clear about what you're listening to and what you're taking in. So Jesus comes along and he changes all of that. Instead of mercy being a sickness, mercy becomes the key to health and life for the Christian experience. We're not like the Romans. In Daniel, the Bible describes the Roman Empire as harsh and brittle. We're not supposed to be harsh and brittle people. We're supposed to be merciful people. Happy are the merciful. So let me pray for a moment. And I, it's funny because when you talk about mercy, I'm going to tell you, don't be surprised if your back goes like. Don't be surprised if your spirit gets a little bit apprehensive. And if it is, it's because this is so unnatural. It's so uncommon to the world that we live in. I grew up in a world where you got to be tough. You got to protect yourself. You got to defend yourself. You got to look out for people who've got a, 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 an angle. We'll talk about that in a couple of weeks. That's the world we grow up in. Be shrewd. Keep your eyes open. Merciful is so, so different. So let me pray right now. In fact, let's put our hands on our hearts. If you're watching online, this word is for you. It's for our families. It's for our marriages. It's for our children. It's for our children's children. It's for our relationships. It's for our daily walk. It's for our rising up and our going down. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, make us happy through mercy. God, happy are those who show mercy because they receive mercy. Lord, as we unpack this, God, make us hungry for it. Help us to receive it deeply, God. Let it impact, Lord. Move from this very moment, Lord. Let our lives be shaped by what you said is new every morning. By what you delight to show, for your word says you delight to show mercy. So, God, we want to step into your delight today. Help us, Father. Bless this word. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. 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 He delights to show mercy. 
When you're merciful, you're walking in the delight of God. The Bible says in James that mercy triumphs over judgment. Mercy makes us victorious. Mercy makes us triumphant. This is deep and powerful. So here's what Jesus was doing. He was giving us a strategic, spiritual, mental pathway. It's almost like he was giving us a two-way street to ride on. Everybody, mercy is a two-way street. Okay, watch the verse. Happy are the merciful. That's one way. Okay? For they will be shown mercy. That's the other way. Are you walking on the, on the, on the mercy street? See, a lot of people, they don't emotionally and mentally walk on the street of mercy. But that's the best street to be on because it's a two-way street. Hallelujah. You give mercy, but how many know it's great to get mercy from God? How many are thankful? If it wasn't for the mercy of God, we wouldn't even be here. I love the way Warren Wiersbe said it. This is powerful. Mercy is one of the spiritual bridges God has built so that he can relate to you and me. And mercy is a bridge you and I must build if we're going to relate lovingly to others. It's a two-way street. It's between us and other people, and it's between us and God. And when you walk, when you live on Mercy Street, what a happiness, what a freedom, what a joy um, comes into your soul. Let me tell you another thing about mercy and and as I, I want you to really listen to this. I, even before I define it, I need to explain these things to you. Okay, so mercy is like this. You know, some people wake up and they're on critical street. Some people wake up and they live on Judgment Avenue. Judgment Highway is your way. Get off that highway. Okay, it's not God's will. It's not God's way. But look, mercy is God is part of God's, what I'm going to call, wisdom structure or logic structure. So look at what the Bible says. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all, by the way, you're going to notice that a lot of these are in the Beatitudes. But, but the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive. Everyone say these three words. Full of mercy. Godly thinking, godly logic doesn't have a little mercy. It's everyone full of mercy. Let's say that one more time. Ready? Full of mercy. So no matter what your mind says, no matter what your feelings say, no matter what the devil whispers, no matter what the world whispers, I'm telling you right now, it's, if you want to be wise, if you want to be logical uh, according to the kingdom of God, just know that you need to operate with a mindset and a heart and a state of emotions that is full of mercy. Now watch a lot of young kids get in trouble and say, are you full of mercy, mom and dad? We'll talk about that in a minute, but this is going to hurt me more than it. Yes, yeah, so let's keep going. 
You see, now look at what James says, the other side of this. Such wisdom, so there's a different kind of logic. When you listen to the news, when you're reading, when you're listening to the pundits, when you're hearing politicians, when you're hearing people on the news and all of this different stuff, notice it says, but such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is, read these three words, ready? Earthly, unspiritual, demonic. You know what this is telling us? There's such a thing as a demonic logic structure. Some people, you, it might be logical, but it could still be demonic. And so we have to watch the way we relate to people, the way we respond to things. Because there are, there are ways that we could think and feel towards people that is really not of God. It's not God's way. Being full of mercy is the way God wants us to think and feel every day. You see, a lot of people don't realize that when you take this, you live by what, let's say, a pop psychology calls triggers. Everybody say triggers. So when a, when a person's not full of mercy and things come at them, they have these triggers. Something happens, you get triggered. It reminds you of your past. It triggers a certain emotional reaction, an emotional response that is not God's way. And I'm here to tell you, beware of what triggers you to be critical and judgmental. It's not the best for you. When we become critical, and I, I know there were going to be so many amens today. I'm just so excited about preaching this to you. But listen, beware of what triggers you to become judgmental and critical. Notice that the minute you become judgmental and critical, joy starts to fly away from your spirit. Because it's not God's way. As you start getting critical, you start making your face get like. The minute you start criticizing people. It's like you are dramatically changed, but we all have triggers. Be careful about being the kind of person that is quick to judge. People who are quick to judge carry resentment. People who are quick to judge carry anger. People who are quick to judge carry offense. It's the opposite of being full of mercy. This is a very big deal. One of the things I've noticed about critical people, you know, and I've, I've watched this over the years. Just, this is like real, this is a true blue pastoral moment. Okay? Avoid being critical and judgmental. Because critical, judgmental people bear very little fruit. They waste their time and their energy on something that is simply not productive. And at the end of the day, when they finish talking about what's wrong with everything, they've just spent two hours talking about what's wrong and doing nothing about what's right. You see? So everybody can talk about what's wrong and talk about what's wrong, but let's talk about what's, what's right. How about we get busy about doing what's right and leave the wrong to people who just want to blab. Somebody say amen.
this doesn't mean we're avoiding hard stuff. That's not what we're talking about. But when you live in a state of criticism and, and being judgmental, here's another thing I've noticed about critical people. Critical people become a hero only in their own mind. You think you're the smartest. You think like you got it going on and all this. And you're like talking, talking, talking. And nobody gives you a trophy but you. Right? Wouldn't you rather give a trophy to the person who's actually doing something about it? Cleaning, serving, loving, helping, hugging, giving, sharing. So be careful because you think you're so whatever and you're really operating exactly the place that the enemy wants you. To be critical. The Bible says, judge not lest you be judged. That's also a two-way street. So this is a a huge deal. Remember that the Bible says, listen, James chapter 2.13. Remember the Bible says mercy triumphs over judgment. Okay? It triumphs over judgment. The victory is found in mercy. And I know that this is a this is an other world concept, but I want to I wanna just keep unpacking this. Notice that I haven't given you the title yet. And I haven't given you the title because I have to explain this first so that you could really get it. So, in, when you break down the definition of mercy. Here's, here's the definition. A merciful person is a person who shows leniency. Everybody say leniency. <laughs> compassion or and forgiveness. Okay? Especially towards someone who has hurt or offended them. Okay? It's, it's kind of like a three-layer. It's a three-layer word. Mercy is not just one of these. Mercy is all of these. Okay? It's, uh, it's a lot like padding. Mercy is a lot like having spiritual or emotional padding. Let me, let me um, unpack this just one little bit. Go to the next slide. So look, the word leniency means a bend, not break attitude when people do you wrong. It's like something happens to you, you get hit with a blow, and you just can absorb the blow and bounce back. It's almost like when you have mercy, you have a padding. And I'm going to prove this to you in a moment. When you have mercy, you have a padding. So one of the things that we did is we did a, a little bit of research on body armor. Body armor has three layers. Could you go to that slide for me? Body armor has three layers, okay? When a soldier goes out, they've invented this, 
this thing. It's made of Kevlar, but it's got like this, there's a, a, an outer padding. There's the Kevlar, which is the special material that literally blocks the bullets. And then there's this other plastic film inside of there. And what it is, is it is a special kind of lightweight padding to block, uh, um, uh, literally to block we uh, weapons, to block bullets, to block knives coming at our soldiers. The Pentagon did a study that if our soldiers had more body armor, it could block up to 80%. 80% of the, of the uh, uh, fatalities and injuries that our servicemen suffer during war. So I want you to imagine your life, okay, with a certain kind of spiritual padding that would block 80% of the things that trigger you. What would your week be like? What would your days be like if 80% of the things that trigger you don't trigger you because you've got the body armor of mercy on. Amen. So here's what it looks like. Let me, let me uh, uh, um, unpack it for you. Next slide, please. So the way this really looks is sort of like this. The enemy fires things at you because he wants to trigger offense and criticism. But when you have leniency... And compassion and forgiveness, when you're wearing that padding, you're good. You know what the title of my message is today? Happy are the padded. <laughs> you have any padding on today? Were you wearing mercy this week? You know, are you, are you walking around? And here's why. And I'm going to unpack these three real quickly for you. But listen, when we have padding on or when you get a, something in the mail, something delicate, and they really pad it for you, the purpose is, is that on the inside, there are things that are fragile and delicate. The, the padding protects it from the blows. We have a spirit and emotions that are sensitive and delicate. We need a certain kind of padding because the enemy is after you every single day. He's out to injure you. He's out to traumatize you. He's out to discourage you. He's out to trigger you day by day. If he can trigger you, you will lose your sense of blessing and happiness. But when we have the padding of mercy on, powerful things happen. Go back to the previous slide for a moment. Actually, you could even leave this one. Perfect. So let's unpack this for a, for a moment. The first layer of padding is the layer of leniency. That's a bend, not break attitude when people do you wrong? How do you handle when people do you wrong? I'm kind of curious about that. You know, if you want to be happy and blessed, you've got to be able to say, I'm not going to let things break me. I'm going to just, I'm going to, but by the way, only God can do this. Only God can give you the mindset that when someone does something to you, you have an ability to say, I'm going to bend, but I'm not going to break. Father, forgive them, 
right? Father, forgive them. There's a, there's a, they're nailing him. They are nailing him. And he's saying, Father, forgive them. Now that's padding. There's an ability to bend and not break. What would your spirit be like? What would your state of emotions be like if when things happen, you just didn't get so upset? You ever see people get flustered by everything? In fact, we all have friends. We're like, uh-oh, we got to talk to them, so let's get ready. Because they're going to get really uptight. Let's not be one of those people. Let's ask the Lord to make us lenient. So that's the first layer. Second layer is compassion. Compassion is the ability to understand why people, to me, this is like the serious Kevlar right here. Compassion is the ability to understand why people do you wrong when people do you wrong. Compassion means that you don't lose your understanding when something happens to you. You don't get triggered when something happens to you. See, something can happen to you and you're like, oh yeah? Who are you talking to? I never do that myself. I know it's like, so you know what I'm saying? And so, compassion means that when someone does something to you, you have the ability to think about why they're doing to you what they're doing. And I'm telling you right now, the minute your mind goes there, everything changes. When we do premarital counseling, um, I always tell people, like, look, do yourself a favor. Chill out. Relax. And there was one couple in particular. The, the husband or the future husband was sort of like a nerve-ending kind of guy. Hyper, fast, and um, kind of guy, if you walk with him, when you walk with him, if you're going someplace, he's walking like 15 feet in front of you even though you're together. So everybody's different, you know? And, and typically God puts you together with someone who's opposite because here's the way it works, okay? Their strengths fill in the gaps of your weaknesses. Your strengths fill in the gaps of their weaknesses, okay? And, and you're better, you're stronger. But, but when you first get married, especially, the Lord puts you together to actually polish and help shape each other. Sometimes it feels like sandpaper, but, you know. So anyway, I remember we're talking about this, and I say, um, this is a classic example of what I'm talking about. When you guys get married, I'm telling you right now, you're going to have a day where you guys are going someplace together, and he'll be down there, and you'll be right here. So they got married, the whole deal. They go on their honeymoon. True story. They go for a bike ride. And guess what happened? The new bride looks up and she's been left in the dust. And she started to, she started to churn, say, I can't believe this guy and all this. And then by the grace of God, the spirit said, relax, chill out. You already knew this was coming. Right? This is the way he's wired. Chill out. 
He doesn't mean it like that. That's not why he's doing what he's doing. He does that all the time. That's the way he thinks. That's the way he lives. Take it easy. And you know what? So they got back. It happened. They got back. And she said to me, Pastor, like right on the honeymoon, it happened. And I was just riding the bike going, relax, relax, relax. Relax, relax, relax. How many know some of us need to relax, relax, relax? Calm down. Take it easy. Thank you. Sweetie pie. <laughs> so it's an interesting thing because when you actually think about the other person, it immediately changes your dynamic. Immediately, you just start to change. I was actually, and I tried this out. By the way, this really works. You ever like call an agency or call a, an office and they just process, kind of like a DMV moment, you know? Don't you love going to the DMV? So anyway, you're talking to someone and they're not really all that concerned with your plight. And I had one of those, you know, I had one of those situations this week, and I, like, tried it out. I, I, I felt like I wasn't getting through. And I said, sir, please, I'm asking you to just stop your very busy day and please put yourself in my shoes. If you could just put yourself in my shoes, I think that you would respond to this differently. And guess what? He did. He said, I'll have it for you in 10 minutes. Come on. The Bible works, brothers and sisters. Put your hands together. It works. Compassion is better than being triggered. Compassion is better than being critical. Compassion, the ability to think about the other person, is a reflection of what makes you strong. See, when you've got the armor on, you're just stronger. See, unforgiveness and criticism and all of those things, that comes from a place of weakness. But mercy comes from a place of strength. Only strong people are merciful. Only someone who's got the stuff to be able to take it and still be godly. And so, so think about the other person that's hurting you. You ever have a moment when someone was like going off about something and you're like, good gracious, what is bothering them? That's, you're halfway there. You see? So compassion is a big deal, but then it, it, it keeps going and it forgives. Forgiveness is the act of releasing people. Forgiveness is the act of releasing people for the wrong that they do to you. That means that you release people. That means that you let the thing be finished and over. When was the last time you just released someone? Just release them. Okay, it doesn't matter if it was right or wrong. Release them. Because Jesus has released you. Anybody has had Jesus release you? Could I get an amen? 
Forgiveness is powerful. Forgiveness is so, so powerful. When we forgive, we are really acting like God. So let me just break this down into two quick application points so that when we leave here, we can really um, experience the happiness that God has for us. Number one, mercy chooses to walk in God's shoes. They could send me a keyboard player. Mercy is a choice. Mercy is a thoughtful, deliberate action. It's not just an emotional response. You can have the wrong response and still be merciful. You know why? Because you're strong enough and spiritual enough and godly enough to say, I'm going to do this differently. And what this is saying is choose to walk in God's shoes every single day. It's a choice. Do it like Jesus did it. Woman, where are your accusers? Who's blaming you? Woman, where are they? Choose. Choose to be merciful. Choose to wake up tomorrow. And even if you've got a conflict ahead of you, prepare yourself to be merciful. See, when we walk in mercy, we're walking like God. Listen, I love what um, Gandhi said. You know what Gandhi said? He said, an eye for an eye makes the whole world go blind. And that's the way some people, that's the way some people live. They want to say, no, I insist on holding you accountable. I insist on bringing judgment. I insist on this. Well, maybe you shouldn't be so insistent. Because the Bible says, happy are the merciful. You know what it means? It means that when you come to the conclusion about the worst of a person, the absolute worst of a person, you say, I'm going to release them. Not making excuses. I'm going to release them. I love President Lincoln, great leaders in history. Listen to this. When asked how he was going to treat the rebellious Southerners after finally being defeated and returning to the Union of the United States, a questioner expected that Lincoln would take a dire vengeance. But he answered, I will treat them as if they had never been away. I know that this is, we can't even get an amen out of that in a Christian church. Thank you. So, did he sneeze or was that an amen, right? Like, let me tell you why it's hard. Because when you put yourself in the shoes of hurt and pain, the wrong end of something, that's when the demand for justice flies through the roof. You see... Mercy is a deep choice. I would say um, probably number one issue from an earthly perspective, the number one issue that I've seen over the years, hands down, is daddy issues. 
I, think, I, don't, I don't think that there's one bigger fundamental problem in the world, but especially in our nation, especially in our city, than fathers who have failed their children. And those children are carrying the wounds of those failures. But the problem is, is that a lot of times children don't understand that your father had a father one day. And his father probably let him down too. And if his father let him down, he didn't know how to do this right. One of the things that we say to kids is your parents are people too. You understand? One of the things we say to parents, your kids are people too. Daddy issues are so devastating. They make us angry with authority. A lot of times people just don't like a teacher. They just don't like a police officer. They just don't like a, a, a pastor. Why don't they like them? Why do they have an edge? It's a daddy issue. Can I give you a piece of advice? Let your daddy off the hook. You know why? Because your heavenly daddy is perfect and he did step in. How many know we have a heavenly father who stepped in? And you can't be free if you won't let it go. You just can't be free. You can't be happy. You can't be joyful if you won't let it go. Is the pain real? Is the trauma real? Is the hurt real? Yes. But choose to walk in Jesus' shoes. Make the choice to be like Jesus. He's your Lord. He's your master. He's your savior. He's your friend. And when you do, grace will flow. Grace will come in. You will become stronger. You'll experience padding. You'll get healing. You'll get victory and freedom. Hallelujah. I know that this is a tall order. You know, sometimes you preach things and you're like, Lord, why do I have to talk about this? Who could talk about stuff like this? This is so deep. But I'm telling you right now, it's true. What are you talking about? It means receive him like he never left. Obviously, look, in some abusive situation, this is not a blanket statement. Sometimes... Someone's dad is so currently broken that you do have to stay away from them. You guys, understand what I mean. Receive what I'm saying without the defense mechanisms. Receive what I'm saying without deflection. Just receive what I'm saying. It's true and it's real and it's powerful. We have to choose. What would, our, what would the last two years be like? If people chose mercy, what would Chicago be like if people chose mercy? Very, very different. Oh, how happy are the merciful. So, this spiritual armor that God wants to put on us, we put it on every day. Why? Because his mercies are new every day. If his mercies are new, how many know God has a fresh jacket for you today? He has a brand new vest for you to put on today and to go and walk in Jesus' shoes. And then here's the, the absolute, this is the blessing. The blessing of this 
is that since it's a two-way street, look, when you walk in his shoes, you can expect from his hands. So mercy lives to expect from God's gentle hand. See, here's the, here's the catch with this. A lot of people, you don't let people off the hook, but you don't realize you're triggering judgment against yourself. There's a built-in trigger. If you're hard on people, you're hard on yourself. No matter what you tell yourself, it's the nature of life. It's the way we've been made that you're hard on people. And so naturally, think about the person, right, who spends three hours criticizing five different people. Now they have to look in the mirror. Oh, snap, that's jacked up. So they're going to say all of those negative things about all of those people and then say, oh, you look marvelous. They're not going to do that. Not the way they're going to be. Mercy understands. Look at what Psalm 30 says. It says, if you, Lord, kept a record of sins, Lord, who could stand? You see? Nobody could stand. But, Lord, you don't keep a record of sin. Did you mess up last night? Did you mess up? Do you have years of messing up? If you're here, you're watching online, do you have a dreadful history of of of, of mistakes that you've made? Have you dug a ditch? Have you, have you wounded people, people that you love? Have you destroyed relationships? Have you destroyed your future? Have you done all of these things that you have just absolutely torn the house down? I got news for you today. He's rich in mercy. He delights to show mercy. Online, I'm telling you, he loves to show mercy. Hallelujah. That's what's so powerful about the prodigal son. He spent the money. He spent the hard work. He left. He missed what he should have been doing. He was irresponsible. He was selfish. He was careless. He was insensitive. He was all of those things. And when he comes back, what does the father show him? He shows him mercy because our God delights to show mercy. His hands are gentle. They're not judgmental. Hallelujah. His hands are gentle. They're not judgmental. Not our God. So if you failed the Lord, listen, if you have failed the Lord, and if you're one of those people, you're avoiding God, you're avoiding church, you're avoiding the purpose of God for your life, you feel like you're disqualified, you feel like there's no way God could use you, you don't understand his mercy. He delights to show mercy. He's rich in mercy. Expect from gentle hands. Maybe your whole world has been judgmental. God said, if your father leaves you, if your mother forgets, forgets you, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. He's the friend that sits closer than a brother. Hallelujah. Mercy is his way. And mercy triumphs over judgment. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Could we just for a moment thank God for his mercy, even online. Come on, let's put our hands together and just thank God for his mercy. Come on, let's give him a shout. Hallelujah, Lord. 
Who is a God like unto thee, O God? Blessed, blessed be your name, O God. Woman, where are your accusers? Go and sin no more. There's a king. I'm almost done here. There is a king. Hezekiah's son, Manasseh, he grew up in a godly home. He grew up in a godly home. His father was a man of God. He was part of a godly lineage. He, he was like the absolute setup to be a great man of God. And you know what? He went the exact opposite way. The Bible says that Manasseh did more to offend the heart of God than any other king. And God was finally fed up. And let, let me tell you something. Okay, God knows how to give a holy pow-pow. Okay. So he says, you want to sin? You reap what you sow. Go ahead. And guess what? He ends up in a prison. They put a, he was a king. They put a hook in his nose. They dra- or his jaw, I forget. They dragged him all the way. He's in prison. And then guess what Manasseh did? Manasseh said, wait a second. I remember stories of King David. I remember them reading the Psalms. Oh, Lord, if you kept a record of sin, who could stand before you? I remember. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And he started to recount all of the verses of the mercy of God. Uh, 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 your mercies are new every morning. And as all of this is unfolding, he turns to God and says, Lord, I've been your enemy. I, I knew what I was doing. I was in the light. I have no excuse. I've sinned against you. And he fell and God had mercy on him. And you know what? God did more than forgive him. God gave him the whole kingdom back. I'm telling you right now, he can give it all back to you. He restores what what the locust has eaten, what, what the devil steals, God can give back. Come on, praise God one more time with me. Yes, Lord, you are great.